This is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. Here's your host, Jeff Gardner. Welcome to the Good Neighbor Podcast. Today, we have another good neighbor on, Ryan Goodman with Sylvan Harbor. Ryan, how are you today, man? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Jeff? Good, man. Glad to have you on the show. I know we had a, a couple conversations in the past. Been interested about your craft. I was uh, super impressed when I came by last, but the audience doesn't know any of that. So um, let's talk about it. Tell tell us about your business, man. Um, so I am a custom furniture and cabinetry maker based out of Port McNichol in Simcoe County. Um, I like to work with my clients very closely on helping them bring their furniture cabinetry visions to life. Um, so we work very closely together, taking like their concepts or dreams and actually figure out how to make it and make it a reality beautiful i love it i just I, i'm lucky to to do what i do and that leads me to working with so many different business verticals a lot of them are higher ticket items as we often go out to affluent communities and a lot of them's custom work uh, i didn't know that i would i never considered myself an, an artsy person interested in art i just don't think i knew the definition of art it's everywhere i mean there's art in everything mm -hmm. that's created really i i thought of like painting and drawing and things like that but now seeing so many um businesses like yourself that create these custom works it's just i love it a it's super unique and um often there's a really deep meaning behind those creations for the customer those are the things I love to hear about the most. So getting into that, talking about meaning, um, what was the meaning? Like, what was your journey like? How did you get into this? Was there a deep meaning or did you just happen to come across and you're like, hey, I like it? What was your story coming into a business like this? Um, it started back in high school. So I'm 32 now. So when I was about 16, 17, um, I've been a musician my whole life. I started woodworking because I wanted to build a guitar. Yes. And that, that a lot of guitar players have that story. Um, so I learned how to do woodworking, I built a guitar. Uh, I went on to study music and recording engineering for a few years and then got back into woodworking and then decided that was what I wanted to do. And I went back to school and learned cabinet making and custom furniture making. I worked at a couple of custom shops uh, throughout Toronto and Simcoe. Um, I managed a few and then decided it's time to do it for myself. So I, many entrepreneurs have a similar story in that, like I became a fitness trainer prior to learning how to market and scale businesses because I wanted fitness for myself. Like I, I wanted to do bodybuilding, whatever it was that I wanted to do athlete. So I learned how to do it myself. And then you help people with it and you learned how to woodwork because you wanted to make a guitar for yourself yeah. and now you make it for other people. But going from managing, because uh, that's a good position. There's a lot of great managerial positions out there. You get the benefit of, of leading and running a whole shop and all the skills that you develop along the way, taking the leap to run your own business. For many listening, maybe like, yeah, that's the next obvious step. It's not all that obvious. When no, you think what not really at all. It. It's a hard leap. Uh, what made you run your own business? Uh, honestly, I was running another business where I had an investor and he was paying for everything and kind of calling the shots, letting me have a lot of freedom. Uh, and then he decided that he didn't want to do it anymore. And I was kind of put in the position where I can go 
move on to another shop and do the same thing and not have full control over what I was doing or take the plunge and do it myself and not look back. Beautiful. So I imagine somewhere um, there was this vision that you wanted to create and you thought, I'm just assuming a lot of entrepreneurs, same thing. And you thought if I'm under somebody else, I'm creating their vision, which isn't the worst thing in the world. But somewhere along the line, I imagine that vision pulled you to just say, I have to do this on my own. Yeah, for sure. Um, I had a lot of flexibility at my last position and I got to do a lot that I wanted to do, but there's always some tension with someone else who has an investment in your company. They want to take it a different way or may not let you do everything you want to do or have the freedoms you want. Um, it's, you know, the only person I have to answer to is me and the yeah. wife. And the wife, <laughs> it just throws it in the wife. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I hope she supports the journey. I know um, running a business is difficult. Starting one, certainly difficult. And if we have that, those cheerleaders along the way, it, it certainly has made it a little bit less painful for me. Um, myths or misconceptions about your business, about the industry, about custom work, whatever you think the audience is commonly thinking about what you do that is incorrect that could lead to to changing their thoughts about this entirely. Is there something that comes to mind? The one thing that comes up a lot is pricing. I don't think a lot of people truly understand what goes into doing custom work. Um, like, let's say you give them a quote on just like a media unit and they're like, well, that's ridiculous. I can get this from Ikea for nothing. But what they don't realize is like all that stuff is mass produced. Like they're making it out of, not great materials and their margins are ridiculous. Whereas if you're doing something custom, like I might buy materials for the same price you could go buy a finished product at. Like I'm not, it's not even getting to paying myself. I am paying so much to buy premium materials so that your furniture can last forever. Yeah. So <clears throat> that was my first thought is <clears throat> My parents taught me at a very young age, buy it once, buy it right, buy it once. Buy um, once, cry once. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I like that one better. That one's going to my kids. Buy once, cry once. Yeah. No, but it's right. I mean, for, for, for whatever reason, if I can get the good thing for a thousand bucks or the crappy thing for 200 bucks, for some reason, the brain often leads us to that point because that's what's right in front of us right now. Whereas foresight seems to be something we struggle with. If that thing breaks down multiple times and you look back over that 10 or 12 year period, you had to buy it three or four times over. Yeah. That's the cost problem. Plus the stress problem. If you buy something that breaks and it really impacts your life rather than just getting it once, not even considering the beauty side of custom work. So is there anything I'm missing outside of custom work? It's the quality, it's the lifetime, the beauty of it. Anything there's also um, there's the experience of working with someone else. A lot of my clients who are repeat clients, they come back to me because they like working with me. They find it easy. They get to say exactly what they want. Or even if they don't know, they can give me ideas and I can help them figure out what they want. Whereas if you just go to uh, like a store to just buy something, if they don't have what you want, that's it. And you can't always explain to them what you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. So not only are you creating this thing that'll last and maybe become a, you know, a staple piece in their family, often people attach this nostalgia to these pieces of work that have lasted through maybe generations, 
but you're also a guide through that process to help take what may be a a um kind of like this uh un I can't think of the word unmarinated idea. You make it a reality. You help guide them through that process to take what was once a planted seed into something real. Yeah. Which a box, big box store cannot do. No, they're just giving you what they have, which is not to knock big box stores. Like I buy stuff from Ikea when I just need something quick. Like Mm -hmm. they serve a purpose. um, But if you're trying to find something that's going to last forever, you want to go to someone who is passionate about what they're, they're doing. Yeah, I agree. I think a lot of it comes down to that passion. I saw some of the work you did. Not only are you skilled, but it seems like uh, speaking to you that there's a passion in it that, again, I like that you say don't knock big box stores. They serve a purpose and they do. But if you want something good, something to last, something that's special, I think you're going to have to find someone who can do it outside of a big box store. For sure. Now, you told us a little bit about your story, a little bit about the music. I want to know what is it outside of work? could be more music that you do for fun. Like what what are you doing when you're not working? Or maybe your work is fun. Uh, I do like my work. Um but outside of that, music is a big one. Um I played in bands for years. I'm trying to find something to do now. Uh I build guitars, I build pedals. Uh I also really like photography. So I'll go out and take a short hike and take pictures and that's one of my hobbies. Beautiful. And with the pictures, is it mainly nature or is it anything that catches your eye? Mainly nature. Um, I don't really do like the, the street photography thing, mostly like landscape and forestry. So from what I'm hearing, you have, it seems like a great appreciation for the beauty in life, whether it's audio or building something, making something from scratch nature. Um, you like the arts. Yeah, I really do. Yeah. Beautiful. I love it. Now, more challenging question, just as interested in this one. I think we ask these questions because I find more and more these days people, I think they understand the power and vulnerability. Not only does I think it help us get to know ourselves a little bit more by really kind of celebrating just our life experiences, whether they're good, bad, or indifferent. But I also think it it can kind of um, represent a, a beacon for somebody listening who maybe hasn't taken the time to look at how they've become who they are. So I really like to ask this question about hardships and life life challenges. Anything that you faced that you probably were forced to face um, that maybe you didn't want to, maybe was uncomfortable in the moment, but when you look back, you think I wouldn't be who I am today. I wouldn't be enjoying my life like I do today had I not done that thing that didn't feel good in the moment. Anything that comes to mind? Uh, yeah, there's two things, um, and they're directly related to my career path. Um, one is when I was a musician, uh, I was recording artists, and I found it very difficult to find work. A lot of people in the music industry are a little flaky. Um, so I had, was going to start one job um, doing live sound for a place, and the person who ran the company just felt the face of the earth. So I was just like, oh, this like don't have this job anymore because the owner's just gone. That was a big one. And that made me kind of rethink um doing music as my career. That's when I decided to go back into woodworking and I took a job at a uh, a door and trim shop just making like door frames. Nothing crazy. And that's when I decided to go back to school and learn woodworking as a career. Um, another one was a few years ago I was at a 
a job and the own another similar situation where the owner left uh and that led into my last job where the investor was like hey do you want to run this company and i had been a manager at a few places but never run a business um so i took that step not really knowing what i was getting into and that was a the big one i love hearing these stories these forks in the roads that you know there's a number in my life where it's like, I do not want to face this. I probably procrastinated a few that I'm thinking about for a long period of time, but eventually whatever led me to facing it uh, worked out in my favor. What do you think you, what do you think was the main takeaways from those two experiences where you were doing something, you were doing what you were supposed to be doing and then someone just fell off. Uh, I think it it directly led to me wanting to just do it for myself, not having to rely on someone else completely for your income or like for your well-being is it's great to not have that like feeling of oh the rug could be pulled out from any minute yeah sure there's still that with clients like yeah you may not get work for a bit but you can plan for that you can't plan for someone just disappearing or someone out of the blue uh stopping their business yeah i i I resonate with that so much it was why i uh, got into entrepreneurship because hardships will come uh, as an entrepreneur. There's no question about it. It is a tough road. Yeah. I think it's a very rewarding road, but it's based off my action or inaction. Whereas in your situation before, and I've been in very similar situations, even if I took action, um, it could still be stopped by somebody else, like the universe, God, whatever you believe in. Yeah, there's things unforeseen that I cannot control. A lot of what is going on, what goes on is outside of my control, but I have even less control if I'm if I'm working for somebody else who just decides to you know, or if my livelihood or my path is di- is directly impacted by somebody else. So, I love that takeaway. I certainly resonate with that as well, man. I appreciate you sharing that story with us. No problem. Thank you. Outside of uh, the misconceptions, uh, the price, the quality, what you've shared with us before. What is one thing that you wish our listeners knew about Sylvan Harbor specifically? Uh, I I want them to know that I truly care about their projects. As, as much as a business and I'm, you know, I'm trying to make a living, I really do care that what they get at the end of the day is quality and that they're happy. Like I will go out of my way or take a, a loss to make them happy if that's what I need to do. Yeah. But they're the customer is number one. Man, we just need yeah, I should I was gonna say we need more of that. I think we do. I think we need more of that. But there are many more people um that seem just I don't know. Maybe I just wasn't aware of it before. I'm not sure. But it seems like there's just more people that are caring about more people in the business world, especially in the small and medium business world that say similar things to you, where it's just like, I'm willing to sacrifice a little bit to go through a little bit of pain just to make sure the person that I'm impacting is satisfied. And that mentality, I don't know if there's anything more potent to succeed in business than making sure that you please other people. So kudos to you for feeling that way. I know running a business is tough. I'm sure what you do is tough. And uh, to focus so much on your your customer satisfaction, I think is a huge win. And, and anybody who works with you, I'm sure is going to experience that. So I'm happy to hear that, man. Thanks. 
the question that I leave out, this is my favorite question. I, a big part of my identity, I guess, I try not to label it that way, but as being an entrepreneur, it's helped me craft myself into who more so who I want to be. But at the end of the day, I think the game we're playing, if you, if you use game theory or you gamify things in life, uh, is life. That's the game that we're playing. And I, entrepreneurship is a part of that. Being a father is a part of that, a son, a friend. They're all parts of that within the one game. And I have no idea when this is going to end. And I don't think any of us really do have that answer. So it seems beneficial to me to think about what is my impact impact going to be? Do I even care about the impact that I'm leaving on other people, on myself? I certainly do. And it seems like a lot of entrepreneurs do. So my question to you is what impact do you want to leave on the world? Well, that's a hard question to answer. I think I just want to help people like enjoy their lives more. I want to, you know, whether it be with a piece of furniture or helping them get to where they need to be. I just want to make a difference in people's lives. I feel like that sounds a little cheesy, but it's a hard question to answer. <laughs> you know what? I, I just had somebody on earlier this morning and they're like, this is going to be a corny thing. I just want to, I just want to make people happy. I just want to you know, make one person smile a day. <clears throat> Corny, cheesy, that's what we love on this show. It's called the Good Neighbor Podcast. We're trying to spread those positive vibes, but I think it's much more than that. I think, you know, really, if you're just out there trying to help people, I think it's very good for the individual because I know for me, when I'm helping people, I feel good. I mean, Tony Robbins is considered cheesy by a lot of people, and he says the secret to living is giving. And uh, whether you believe his other things or not, I think he tapped into something pretty cool there. So I love that. I love that your mission is to try to get people to enjoy their lives more. That is, could you imagine if all of us did that? If everybody on the planet woke up each morning saying, just want to help somebody a little bit. So I love that. That's what you're trying to do, man. I think you got a great story. I know some of the work you've done. I think you're running a great business. You got a real craft, a real skill to your craft. So how can people find out about you? How can they contact you? Yeah, uh, sylvanharbor.ca, um, sylvanharbor on Instagram or Facebook, or if you want to get in touch with me directly, just Ryan Goodman on all social media. Um, I run the Instagram, so you'll you'll get a hold of me, and we can go from there. Beautiful. So you got the website, you got the social medias. They get directly in touch from you from either yep. of those platforms. Beautiful, man. Well, Ryan, it was a pleasure talking to you again, man. I appreciate you sharing so much. I think you got a great story. As I said a few times, um, thanks for coming on the show, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to the Good Neighbor Podcast Midhurst. To nominate your favorite local businesses to be featured on the show, go to gnpmidhurst.com. That's gnpmidhurst.com. Or call 705-413-3775.